Layer by layer, day by day, the world, our markets, and your life unfold. Welcome to the Laminate Money Podcast, a show dedicated to exploring our world, the financial markets, and what it takes to build a great financial life. Both Tom Statham and Jacob Bradkey work for Fiel Capital, and all opinions expressed by Tom and Jacob or any podcast guest are solely their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of Fiel Capital. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Tom and Jacob are registered representatives of Sanctuary Securities and investment advisor representatives of Sanctuary Advisors. Fiel Capital is a DBA of Sanctuary Securities and Sanctuary Advisors. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Laminate Money Podcast. Hope you are doing well out there. I once again have my Sherpa sweater on because I it's cold and I've been wearing two sweaters this winter. What's your other sweater? Under here? Just what I normally wear. This is like Oh, oh you're actually wearing another sweater under there. Under my yeah. It's beautiful outside though. It is not. It is foggy and it stinks. So I just came from Atlanta, so it's it's cold outside. Yeah, you're jet setting jet setting Carissa. Oh heck yeah. It's fun. What time did you get in last night? Like eleven thirty. Oh wow. I figured I figured yeah. when you weren't here this morning, I was like, ah, I bet you she got in real. She took the late flight in. Yeah. Oh yeah. Didn't go to the gym this morning, but glad to be back. Did you fly Delta? I wish. I flew oh. United. But it was paid for, so okay. nothing out of my pocket. Yep, fair enough. Sounds like a win to me. Sounds like a win. Well, this show, this is going to be interesting. And we don't exactly know. We know where we're going with this, but what we're going to be talking about, no one really knows the ramifications. The title of this episode is The Rise of Chat GPT. You want to know an interesting story on the title here? Yes. Chat GPT came up with it. Oh. Yeah, I literally, I so, literally popped in the prompt. I said, what would be a good title for a podcast about you? And then that's what it came up with. Dang. Yeah. So the reason we're talking about chat GPT, and if you've been living under a rock, it is, it is, it is a, a product underneath OpenAI, which is an AI company, obviously. And I would say in the last, in the last week in particular, even in the last like five days specifically in my world, chat GPT has gotten real loud and real noisy and it's everywhere. Absolutely. Would you guys, I mean, even in the last week, it seems like everyone on LinkedIn, no matter what industry you're in, is talking about how ChatGPT can work for you. Yeah. And I mean, even if you're on Twitter, like Mark Andreessen of Andreessen Horowitz, like posts a ChatGPT thing almost every day. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So he's a big guy. And I think naturally it's just going to, the conversation is just going to continue to grow. Because right now ChatGPT only has 2 million users. So that's, that's a lot, but not a lot. I bet you they have 4 million users now. Really? Yeah. I bet you they doubled their users in the past week. Oh, that's cool. Or, or more. Or Honestly, more. I feel like they accumulated everybody on the internet in the span of two weeks. Yeah. So like over the weekend, I saw a LinkedIn post about just one, one of our uh, connections here at PL. He, he just posted that chat GPT was down. Mm-hmm. It's and down today too. <laughs> so <laughs> interesting. So let's just okay. ChatGPT was founded by a bunch of smart people, Sam Altman, and I believe Elon Musk. Yeah, he's in there. A, he's, yep. a, he's a founder as well. The company's worth forty billion. Well, they're raising or, they're raising at a potential thirty billion. Thir- okay, thirty yeah. billion. All right. They use Microsoft Azure, and Microsoft has in and of itself invested a billion. So for a company to be down because of 
because of so many people using the product at the scale that they're at, mind-blowing. That's why yeah. I say there's more than 2 million users. There are an enormous amount of people using the tool. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Hopefully. It's exciting for me. I mean, yeah. I guess it's kind of annoying when it's down, but it's, it is a cool tool. So if you guys haven't out there, you know, open an account with them and just free for now, for free for now, they'll be tracking your every move on it. So, you know, just what, for, for what that's worth, but just ask us some questions, you know, like just mess around with it. We, we've been doing, doing it inside Fiel here. Um, and it's just so cool. Jacob, would you mind explaining a little bit about like OpenAI and the different kinds of things that they have? Yeah, I mean, it kind of changes every week almost. Like there's something new that comes out and it's kind of to the credit of Elon Musk. Like he just iterates things so quickly. Um, but it started really just with Playground. Like you can go on there, you can type in a prompt, say write a tagline for an ice cream shop. And then it would come up with some five word slogan for an ice cream shop. Then they came out with Dolly, which is like the text to image. You can punch in like, I want to see a dog on a rocket ship, like flying to the moon with painted as if Van Gogh painted it. And then it would, you know, create this image totally unique and you could download it or whatever and do whatever you wanted with it. And now you have chat GPT, which is the, the language chat bot. Like, yeah. Which is just crazy how fast things are moving. It's crazy. And this is like how this stuff works or how AI works is, I mean, it just learns. So it's been combing the internet for, you know, and databases really, I mean, websites are basically databases. So they've been just learning, just, you know, scraping all these websites, but now you have this massive increase of users that are talking to it. And so it's learning an immense amount about us as humans while it has like all the data and learning how to better use the data. So you kind of you kind of scruffed over this a little bit. Imagine this. There's only like five companies, I think, that have the capabilities to like scrape the entire internet in its entirety, the entire internet. Five companies and OpenAI is one of them. Oh, it's just so cool. It's so cool. So again, to all you people out there, if you haven't seen this in action yet, like I was so excited when I got home on, uh, I think I had my parents over Friday night. I don't know. Weekend was a blur. Had my my family over. I was like, you guys have to see this. So I told I told it to write like a 500 word blog on some obscure thing that we were doing in our kitchen or like cooking or something like that. And so I had my sister, my mom, my dad all sitting in our kitchen counter and I just hit enter. And it was just like, just typed it. And we were all like, what just happened? Yeah, once it gets to the point where you go on a website and you don't know if it was human written or AI written, that's that's a little bit weird. Ooh, yeah. yeah. All sorts of interesting ethics questions. So, all right, we fanboyed slash fangirled. Is that how you say that? Yeah. Fan- yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Fanboy. Yeah. Okay, on ChatGP. We're going to hop back to it, uh, some of his business ramifications, but the rise of ChatGPT. So, um, anyways, the good of the week. We're, let's go to the good, the bad, the comical, the head scratcher, and then... F- um, hit on what's going on in the markets because we've had a pretty good year so far in the markets. But yeah, no kidding. All right, let's hit, let's hit the good, Jacob. What happened uh, that was good last week? All right, so this is this is a very interesting one for two reasons. So, two hundred and twenty-three thousand jobs were added into the economy in December, I believe, and that meant the unemployment rate was three point five percent, lower than expected, higher than expected added jobs. Bad thing for the economy when you think about what the Fed is wanting to do. 
Um, so it was that was that was fairly bad. But the great thing about it is the average hourly earnings actually slowed. So if you think about like wage price spiral and how inflation gets out of control, it's when you have wages that are trying to keep up with inflation at high paces. So then the companies themselves that are paying the people have to raise their prices. So then that's, that's wage price spiral. Um, so that's starting to slow, even though at jobs are being added. So the great thing is that jobs are being created, but it's not maybe not going to contribute to inflation. So th- I think what you just explained would be the soft landing that everyone's yeah. been talking about. So if you've, again, you're following the financial news, you uh, may or may not have heard of a soft landing. The soft landing is basically, let's slow the economy down without breaking something. Yeah. And I think what we saw last week was a form of a soft landing happening in reality. Yeah. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like they, the economy's still any jobs, we're still growing, but the wage inflation, which is a big component, obviously, of inflation and how it's calculated, that's good news. That is good news. Now, the, the, the part that we have to make sure we understand is that this was one report in 2022 and we've got 12 more reports at least or whatever until the end of the cycle here last week the fed we had a number of fed people come out um and talk about how i I think the fed wanted to calm the market down a little bit because we did start i mean there's the market's up today half i think about half percent um that was last time i checked before coming down here in the studio um i think the market is calling the feds bluff The, the fed is still staying on their course and the market's like, yeah, we're good. Let's go in rally mode. Yeah. Yeah. And there's an interesting thing on whether or not Jerome Powell is trying to keep market optimism low so that he can actually tame inflation, right? Because he doesn't want a pre-rally, you know, basically like rally into the thought that inflation <laughs> is coming down, which yeah. there's just like a second level mechanic yeah, like, here of like, me- yeah, meta. we're going to try to keep people bearish so that we can actually kill inflation, right? Even though that inflation is falling, in our opinion, we just can't say that because the market will recreate inflation if we do that. Yes. Yeah. It's weird. Very weird. Very weird. So that's going to be the good of the week. And I think also, I'm going to just, this isn't in our show notes, but I'm also, the market was up, was it about percent and a half? Yeah, I think last week, and a half. Yeah. something like that. That's a fabulous way to start year. Um, if a little market history for everyone here. So if the market is up on the first five trading days of the year, there's, there's about an 80% chance historically that we end up the year positive. Those, at, those returns um, annualized have been, or those years, excuse me, have added about 14%. Hmm. Well, that sounds great to me. Yeah. So again, we're not predicting the future by any means, but um, we, there are all these just these weird these weird market stats, you know, like yeah, the 80%. I mean, mm-hmm. that, and yeah, an 80% chance. And just, just to put that into perspective here, the market goes up like say 70% of the time. So that is somewhat significant because that means that if you have an 80% that is going up, that means you're like 10% of a spread in between what the average and what that statistic says. Yes. So there, there were some good, there's some good in last week. There's like, a lot there's, of good in last week. Yeah, there's like some good market performance and then also economic. I think in the economics. And again, the fact that our economy is still adding jobs it's wild. Just, just kind of makes me laugh. All right, so heading into the bad of the week, this is intricately tied to uh, the AI situation. So 
if you've used ChatGPT, you know that you don't have to go to Google. Well, you kind of have to go to Google for now. For Jacob, now. Would, would you mind explaining the difference between ChatGPT and Google? Uh, Google is based on clicks. Google gets Google makes money because you click from one place to another place. Uh, with ChatGPT, you get an answer right away, and you don't have to click to another place. That's a disruption. And ChatGTP isn't trying to make money. ChatGTP yep. is just trying to answer your question, whereas Google is trying to answer your question while making money. So there's a pretty big discrepancy. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So um, because, because like you, there's a lot of things that you don't need Google for if you can just ask someone. An AI. An AI tool. Yeah. So Google, a couple weeks ago, reportedly, was like, we have to release our AI chatbot. Lambda. Lambda. Yep. So this isn't like a mission critical yet for Google, but this is a significant issue. And again, Microsoft is hooked into OpenAI already. So like, we're going to see just, I don't know how many, um, you know, companies, like large companies, there's probably only going to be like two or three, but- I mean, Google's, you know, they're, they're just watching this stuff closely and mm -hmm. using it themselves. And like, we have to get moving on this. Yeah. Otherwise, the ship will sail. Yeah. And like we've already talked about, like, how many new users has ChatGPT probably acquired in the first month of it being live? I don't mm -hmm. even know if it's been live for a month now. If Microsoft Bing, Bing Search, suddenly takes up ChatGPT, how many users will switch from Google to Bing? Just because oh, yeah. there is chat GPT functions, not even that it's working. There's just chat GPT functions. Yes. So on this, so this, we're going to just hop quickly into the comical here. And the comical honestly is just, if you haven't used chat GPT, like tell it to write a thousand page dissertation on, um, why flying to Mars is difficult. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's so crazy. But, um, Microsoft to your point, Jacob might embed chat or, or open AI software inside Microsoft Word, inside Outlook. That's what I was hearing, the productivity apps. Yes. Yeah. So like they're already like they're already working on that. And again, we'll we'll put this article in the show notes, but um the information th that's just a publication um had an article about how Microsoft wants to to embed this technology inside Microsoft Word. All right. Wrap wrap your head around this. Um like writing in general, you have to sit down, know something about a subject, or research something about a subject, and then relay that subject in your own words on a sheet of paper. Now, imagine that you don't have to research, and you can just write a prompt, so it'll change from writing whole entire papers or whatever to writing creative prompts, right? That's mm -hmm. basically what ChatGPT is. You write creative prompts to get a creative output. That, in Word, would be highly effective. <laughs> yes. Highly effective. Yes. Even for writing emails. Yeah. Like in Outlook. Yeah. So why we're talking about this. So this isn't just cool. Like there's a lot of business ramifications here. So um, just to gi give our listeners, our audience, an idea of like what this means. So if you can have, or, or actually in your organization, there's a lot of writing. Like if you have like every, every company has sales, like it, they exist to sell something of value to somebody. And so having AI to, to basically help you become a better writer, to become faster, 
to send emails faster, to have better structure within your email. I mean, there's a huge productivity bump that organizations, if used properly, can leverage. Yeah. So, Absolutely. And, and so when you think about there's 135 million full-time workers in our country. If everyone's enabled to use AI to, do, to be better at their job, it's just going to be massive. Like labor productivity gains, like when you, when you research that, like um, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot, a lot of, or technology has really helped us become more productive. Yeah. And you can really see that actually, and this is kind of a tangent here, but John Deere tractors, right? You have an autonomous tractor that can go 24 hours without a person. Whereas before you had eight hours and or 12 hours or whatever with a person inside of it, you know. All right. So why we're talking about this from a business perspective is obviously like the technology is really cool, but like the fact of like how much productivity you can squeeze out of an application like this is pretty amazing. Like if you want to write a blog, for example, you could just tell it to write a blog and then it can do 70% of the work for you and then you can make it, can make it perfect for your audience and for, for whatever you want to do. So when you think about like 135 million people in our country that work full time, and if you can give them a tool like this, no matter what they're doing, to be better and to you know serve people better, to do better work, it's insane. And isn't that something that's been on decline too, like productivity or worker productivity? It's been going up, but then the last couple of years, yeah, it's gone down. Right, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. weird. The, the long term trend is still up, but yeah. in the last couple of years, I, and that has partially to do with the pandemic. But yes, it's very interesting how AI AI is not going to replace jobs, right? Like it's not going to come in and say, "This job is mine now." Like you can just be unemployed. Like your job will shift from, like, tr- from working and doing the manual tasks to training the AI to do the task, and then you'll just train the AI to do other tasks after that task has been trained. Yes, right. So you're. The productivity is exponential. It's just different on how you're exponentially creating that productivity. Yes. And I think uh, I I read this about just what's going on here Um, that like you won't be replaced by AI. You will be replaced by a human using AI. Right. Yeah. Embrace it. Don't be afraid of it. Yes, exactly. That's like the gist gist of it. So anyways, head scratch for the week. Um, This is pretty funny. We're just going to breeze through this one. The Swiss National Bank posted. $143 billion loss. It is their, uh, let's see here. Let me just get this on. This will be in the show notes again. This was, I think, their worst year ever in their 116-year history. And you want to know something interesting about this? Um, European financials outperformed U.S. financials in 2022. Riddle me that. Riddle me that because they posted this huge loss. Our, our banks like didn't, you know, I guess mm-hmm. they, they've certainly been down yeah. for, since last year, but that's mainly because investment banking revenues are down and just deposits are being taken out, whatever. It's just very interesting, that scenario. Yes. And the loss, if, if everyone is like, if you're wondering like where it specifically came from, it was on foreign currency positions. So all these like huge institutions, they hedge their positions by, you know, owning different types of currencies or exposure or, or tools to get exposures to other types of currencies. So my guess is if we were to look at the books here, um, they would have been on the other side of the trade on the dollar. Yeah, exactly. Or, or they're trading with other currencies around them and not the dollar. Yes. And everything did bad compared to the dollar. So wherever you were at, yeah. And the other thing, 
derivatives are a risky business and the UK certainly understands that. Yeah, yep, yep. Pension, Ooh, the pensions salt, in the UK. Salt in the wound, Jacob. Yeah, no kidding. Yep, so derivatives, and that's probably definitely what they were using is derivatives to hedge their currencies. Yeah, and yep. it resulted in the worst year ever. Yep, well, and part of that had to, because, had to be because clients started pulling their money as Credit Suisse and all yeah. these other ones started, like, you just had to create some sort of liquidity. I know that happened to Silvergate, uh, that bank, the, sure. the, FD, oh, yeah. the FDX yeah. bank. They uh, lost bad. 98% of their deposits or something. Oh, that should have been the bad of the week. That one was pretty bad. That I mean, bad. I guess we, the bad <laughs> part too here, Silvergate Capital like literally is down 98% because all of their clients drew all of their money and they had to sell all their the loans that are selling at a loss. And yeah. Yeah. Of course, it's a regulated bank, so they obviously had all the cash to do it, but the run on the bank happened and they were just able to do it, right? Yeah. Just, wow. And I think Kathy Wood had a position in it, the ARC fund, mm-hmm. and she liquidated that position. Yeah. She basically said, there's no coming back from this. Dang. Yep. They bet the farm on crypto and that didn't, yeah. yeah. Blew up a little bit for them. Blew up. All right. So let's breeze through um, what happened last week. So obviously we spent a lot of time on chat, uh, GDP and, and really just AI in general, but um, let's breeze through uh, some, just some of the major headlines from last week that right. people should know about. This one, this one's very interesting. So in the tech sector, layoffs are happening faster than they were in like March and April or February of 2020, right in the midst of the COVID crash. Layoffs are happening more today than they were then, which partially has to do with just overhiring during the pandemic. But it is a fascinating statistic that there, there are more people being laid off today than then. See, that doesn't surprise me. Like, it doesn't, but it, it is somewhat surprising. I mean, like, think about what people were doing at home. They were using software. Yeah. You know? So now that's like, we're, we're, we're past that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. And th- there's a lot that goes into it, but the tech layoffs. And again, so, so the, the economy added jobs in December, but there's a lot of tech layoffs. Um, a lot of the crazy multiples that are popping or that really have popped are in the tech space. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other sectors uh, within the market are doing, are doing well, and they're the ones that actually added to jobs or, or you know, at the least neutral. Right. If you look at the jobs report, most of the jobs are coming in the services, like the actual like hotels and restaurants yeah. and manufacturing. Like I guess manufacturing is its own job sector, but whatever. Um, like manufacturing jobs are coming back. Like those are the ones that people are hiring, and it almost has to be because people are getting laid off in tech, and they still have to work somewhere. So they're like, well, you know, maybe to make ends meet, we just gotta go to the restaurant for a couple of months or something. You know, yeah. I don't know. It's it's one of those things where maybe that's the case, but it's definitely not broadly the case. Yeah, it's hard to know. So um, Google and Meta are losing ad share to Amazon, TikTok, and others. So this is, you think about the old guard, the FANG stocks. There'll be a new one this decade, by the way. They're definitely. I don't, I don't, know, what, I don't know what it's going to be, but there'll be a new FANG. Anyways, um, Google and Meta are losing ad share. And they had about 50%, I believe, is massive. Um, combined just Google and, and Meta. And now they're at 44, and it's projected to be 42 by the end of the year. And I think Netflix is a big one that's coming up um, that is taking ad share. Amazon's the one that's taking a lot of ad share. Mm-hmm. TikTok is taking a, a, a chunk of ad share. It's growing. It's not exactly big. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot of those companies, especially the streamers that are trying to break into the ad market yep. that are taking away revenue share. Yep. Yeah. Which is very interesting. Which is funny. You're like streaming and ads. That's right, people. That's right. That's right. 
Netflix will have ads, does have ads. Yep. And people, <laughs> it's like, people, actually, that was Netflix's worst subscription plan in the last month of 2022. They added not nearly how many they thought they were going to add to their um, ad tier mm-hmm. plan, which is kind of interesting. I would have expected that to kind of like a bunch of people in the premium tier would have knocked themselves down. And then you maybe get some more new subscribers, but almost nobody knocked themselves down. And yeah. they only had new subscribers come in, which that was interesting. My guess here is how they'll play this is they'll have, they'll like ease people into it and there will be ads on premium or that, you know, they, they like they'll, con- they'll, they'll jack up um, or, or they'll get consumers used to having ads mm-hmm. and then the ads will come in a premium and then they'll raise, they'll raise the bar. They'll, they'll just constantly be going higher, charge higher prices. Right. I don't know. That's my take. Yeah, basically, what's the value that you would pay to not have to watch an ad? Like, they're going to find that. My wife has YouTube. I have YouTube Premium. I don't even know how much it costs. 15 bucks a month worth it. Yeah, I, I don't know about that, but I don't, know. I don't watch enough YouTube to make it worth yeah. it. Yeah, see, I do. Anyways, so the 2 to 10 inversion. So um, I was at an event on Friday, and just a couple gentlemen who, they were just talking about the 2 to 10 yield curve inversion. So... The predictor of recessions, that's probably why you know about them. The, the uh, What was the stat before this? I think the uh, three-month treasury is the highest it's been, or it's peaking like literally as we're talking right now. So the yield curve is definitely highly inverted. All right, so I got these stats here okay, now. Hit us up. Um, so basically, this is like investing in treasuries at different points of the 10-year and two-year yield curve inversion. So when the 10 years lower than the two-year. Um, so we're looking at right as the inversion begins, so it hits zero, right? The 10 years at the same level as the two-year. Yep. This is one-month returns on the two-year is uh, 0.36%, but 24 months is 13.76%, which mm. in the bond market on a two-year treasury bill is pretty good. That's wild. On Is this ca- a delta between the performance? No, this, this is just a performance okay. on, on the one. Got it. Yep. And then on the 10-year... The 24 months is 12.45%, but a like a very small decline in the next month. Now, if you go from the peak of the inversion, so the 10-year is substantially below the two-year, this is where you have some, some more interesting returns coming out of it. At the two-year, you have like a 16% um, 24-month return, and at the 10-year, you have a 14 and a half, but in the one month, you still have like a one and a half to 2% return. Yeah. Okay. I see what's going on. Yeah. So basically, as the yield curve uninverts, you have price performance as duration comes down or as yields come down, and then you have the actual higher coupons. What I see as the issue with this is like what's happening right now is everyone's going long because they want to capture those long term returns. Yeah. You know? So like, interesting. At some point, the short term, the short term investors or short term investors, those investing in the short term, like they will lose. Yeah. At some point, it just has to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I get those numbers. That's really interesting. Yeah. And listening on on the other, uh, I was listening to a podcast too, and they were talking about their projections on what what people, what the best performing asset class would be in 2023. And one of them was talking about short-term T-bills. And I was like, I don't really know. I mean, maybe in 2023 alone, that could be all right. But mm-hmm. I just really see some sort of outperformance by something other than T-bills. I think, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm so with you I, on that. I don't exactly know where he's coming from, but that was interesting. Anyway, 
enough on the treasury on the, on the because that can get really <laughs> that can get really uh confusing very fast but i will say a lot of our use listeners are younger um if you don't know what like you need to understand the fixed income market yeah it's it, when you say stock market you're excluding a what 90 trillion dollar market if i think it might be bigger than that yeah it's, it's huge um so and again you haven't had to understand the bond market because rates are at zero um, but now that they are higher and you can get know some nice yields yeah uh something to something to learn about so finally here last week making news spacex raises 750 million at 137 billion dollar valuation which wow is and and uh elon musk's other project open ai is proposing a 29 billion dollar valuation raise i don't know what the the dollar amount that they're trying to raise but the second level here is like is elon kind of strapped for cash is he just trying to sell some equity in this too i don't know after the whole Twitter deal, uh, yeah, I'd say he's yeah, I'd, I'd say he's feeling so, it right some, now. Some sort of a liquidity event for him, where he's like, I, I got to get rid of some of my shares here, and I think these are at all time valuations. I don't think these are depressed like you would expect them to be. I think when Elon Musk is selling, though, it's not so much he needs cash; he actually needs to. Um, th- there's a chance he's getting called. Oh, he he. There was a Barron's article that came out last week or two weeks ago that said he got margin called. Yeah. Like yep. that's, 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 I think what's happening rather than like raising cash. He's actually. Right. Well, yeah. Raising cash to cover his margin. Yeah. 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 Cause he's, he's, yeah. um, all these rich people, they, yeah, they, they lend against their assets cause it's cheaper than paying taxes. Yep. So, all right. Quote of the week. It's free. There's no fine print. We have invested a billion dollars to create this. So, uh, Delta airlines, arguably the best airline in the country, um, other than flying private. But I don't think there is. Well, it's the number one most on time airline. So, yes. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's just like a lot of people really like Delta. If my family, I think a lot of people would, there's, if it, if it works for you in your area, you fly Delta. So, the reason this is the quote of the week is I was pretty impressed. Like, the airlines are terrible businesses, they're just bad businesses. Yeah. They, they all go bankrupt. I think Southwest was the only major airline did not go bankrupt but they just absolutely got hosed recently they're not going to go bankrupt because of what happened at southwest and their 2500 flight cancellations or whatever it was um but like they were able to squeeze by the the previous turmoils because they didn't invest their 90s ticketing software anyways i was pretty impressed like 80 percent of delta flights are going to have free wi-fi Mm. They've invested a billion dollars in free Wi-Fi. And what a great offer. That is actually very... I wonder if they're using Starlink. I don't know how they're doing it, maybe. But, like, isn't that a good offer? I think the, the, the annual subscription for Wi-Fi on a plane is, like, $500,000. But with Starlink, similar to you're on your yacht or whatever, you can get yep. it for, like... 10,000 or 15,000 or 25,000 or something like that. H- hugely cheaper than 500,000. Yeah. 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 But it's just, it is a great offer though. I, and Starlink would be better. I was like, man, Delta, like, great. And, and everyone out there, what is an offer? It's like, well, what are you giving your people to use your product? Yeah. So, like, how, how are they getting, how are they growing market share? How are they pushing aviation forward? It's free Wi Fi. So rather than paying $8, because I never, I never get Wi Fi on the plane. Yeah. Like if I'm ever flying. It's unreliable. Yeah. For one thing. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, that's too, and it's not even like the cost necessarily. It's just the hassle of like doing it. I'm like, God, I've just had bad experiences in the past where I'm like, this just is stupid. Right. For a three hour flight that you can download like a movie or podcast or whatever. Yeah. And just listen to that or watch that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, like, yeah, whatever. But like, what a great offer. And also like the ability for these big corporations to, you know, invest. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. You know, that's like, that's a billion dollars in free mm-hmm. to like give people internet 30,000 feet in the air. So anyways, I, I thought it was a great offer. Um, you know, kudos to Delta and all the airlines for figuring out this crazy, absolutely horrific last like three years of their existence. Oh my gosh. So focus on your offers, whoever you are. Um, all right, guys, uh, Chris, a key takeaway of last week. Of last week, I would say even when you plan ahead of time, sometimes it doesn't go as planned. So, I mean, I was heading out to Atlanta, tried to plan all of my workout to get it done. Everything failed before I left. So the team definitely helped me out. And I super appreciate it. Hey, teamwork makes dream work. Happy to help. Heck yeah. Jacob, how about you? All right. So I shoveled a roof. Oh. And it was a steep roof. And Did you fall? No, I didn't. I didn't fall. But like, I can confidently say like, Roofs are just not my friend, and that is my key takeaway. Is just like I absolutely hate being up on the roof. But are you scared of heights? I'm not exactly scared of heights. I am scared of falling. <laughs> I'm scared of heights. Oh, are you? Yeah, that's why I don't like roofs. Mm, yeah, see, I don't. I don't exactly mind being up on the roof. I don't like the concept that I could fall off the roof. Right? Like if I'm up there, I'm not afraid that I'm gonna fall off until I'm like, all right. I'm like feeling like I could fall off. Yeah. Um, but they, they, there's this awesome invention and it's called an avalanche. I don't know if you guys know about this thing. No. But basically no. what it is, it has an aluminum handle, an aluminum little like doodad up there. And it has this giant like tarp, plastic tarp that comes down and you like scrape it up. Yeah. And but all of the snow just comes running down the slide basically. And then it just falls in front of you. You don't have to get up on the roof. It, it worked? It works great. That thing okay. is uh, the only problem with it is like if you have like a roof that has more angles, yeah. and it's not just like a one, one flat roof type of deal. And if it's too flat, you obviously have you can't get the angle right. But if it's like a steep roof and you have a lot of snow up there, it's like all right, perfect. that's this, it. This thing works amazing. Anyway, uh, that was uh, my key takeaway. So Jacob doesn't like shoveling the roof. That's basically that's, it. That's <laughs> basically um, do you it. shovel your roof? Yeah, I yeah I was out there last week. Did Camila help? No, but Camila was like, this needs to get done today. Like, yeah, I was, yeah. It's just, if you own a home, you don't want to, you don't want water. It's like problems. cleaning the gutter. Oh, yeah. 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 It's like, just got to do it. My takeaway of last week is very, very thankful. It's a new year. Um, one of my, I think one of the words of the year that I want to possess within our company is just peace. Just like peace. You know, just like not necessarily like we're not moving. You know, a lot of people think of peace as in like not doing anything, but it's like, no, I still want to be a powerful business, still want to do this, but, you know, coming from a place of peace. Yeah, well, I can tell you, YouTube already gives us some peace with the zen that they play behind our heads every single day. Yes. With the you, birds chirping. YouTube does help, yeah. Yeah. So um, that's my key takeaway. Uh, Loving 2023 uh, so far. And finally, okay, real quick, what was the best part about you last week? I went fishing. And I you did? A, I caught a lot of fish, yeah. Hard nice. water fishing. Yep, crappies. So Dang. I'm going to have oh. a fish fry this week. Right. 
Are you gonna have it in Fargo? Or are you gonna? Is it gonna oh be no, up I, I brought I brought some out here. So let's go. Yeah. Okay. Chris, last week being in Cleveland, Georgia. Like Georgia's just a beautiful state. They've got beautiful Cleveland, <clears throat> Georgia. Yes. Wow. My okay. So when you when I have to talk a lot, I lose my voice. And I talked a lot this past weekend, so. You must have talked, like, a lot. Yeah, and when you're in a room with a lot of people and you don't uh, realize how loud it is, you don't realize how loud you're talking. Yeah. And so then I was like, oh, my throat, like, oh, I lost my voice, like, because you're talking a lot. Sorry we made you come on this podcast. Oh, no, I love it. <laughs> I love this stuff, so. Um, best part of my week was the weekend, and as as you may or may not have known, I've had family or listeners, you guys obviously know, had family uh, for really uh yeah it's like good two weeks so this is our first weekend where we just like were by ourselves so it was chill it was quiet felt so good yep after (sighs) the holiday just craziness yes yeah it's good to slow down so jacob jacob you mentioned a quote before we started would you mind reading that again what quote the quote of it's not about how fast you go it's about the direction you're moving in or something like that Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not about how fast you go. It's about the direction you're moving in. I was thinking about like, oh, that's that's like the market in 2022, right? Like we're going up, like the interest rates are going up. That's a bad thing. It's not so much like the speed. The speed is one thing. Of course, it makes yeah. it worse, but the direction matters more. Yeah. And I think that cool. applies to markets and also like humans and like slowing down. Yeah, it's exactly. It all, it all connects. Dude, there we go. That was full, deep, Chris. Full Heck circle. Yeah. I wasn't tracking with you for a second, but wow. Yeah. Just a little bow. We're going to wrap it up here. Uh, we all did our invisible bows there. If you're not watching this on YouTube, uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us again. Uh, we wish you, it is January 9th at the time of recording. We wish you just all the best this coming week. Thank you for listening uh, to us. If you have any questions, shoot us an email. And two of the people who have emailed us too. It's awesome. Appreciate your feedback. We live for that stuff. I know. Laminate Money Podcast at plcapital.com. Uh, hit us up there. Uh, thanks for your time. We'll see you guys next week. 